Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. What's up, Open Floor Globe? I'm your host, Michael the Pod Pina, and I'm joined on the other line today by a special guest, my friend, Bleacher Report reporter and acclaimed author of a wonderful new book called Built to Lose, How the NBA's Tanking Era Changed the League Forever, Mr. Jake Fisher. What's going on, Jake? Thank you, man, for having me. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing as well as anyone can. Yeah. <laughs> These are wonderful times. Um, thank you uh, so much for taking time out to talk about your book. And as a, uh, a burgeoning newsbreaker who carried thousands of NBA fans through the rumor mill this summer, uh, you and I will also get into the offseason a little bit later on in today's show. But before we do, I want to remind our Open Floor listeners to keep emailing us all of your thoughts and questions to openfloormail at gmail.com. That's openfloormail at gmail.com. Um, okay, Jake. So I had a front row seat, I would say, to much of your, some of your reporting. Not <laughs> much, because after um, looking at the book, there's a, a ton of stuff in there um, that I did not witness firsthand. But I did, you know, you and I were in, um, we're based, both based in New York before the pandemic hit, and we went to the same pre and post-game locker rooms and, you know, early morning shoot-arounds. Uh, quick shout-out to uh, Madison Square Garden security. Uh, <laughs> quick but... shout-out indeed. <laughs> yeah, very quick. Well, I'm trying to remember um, that guy's name. I used to know his name, security guard. I would always be like, come on, Ed, you know me. You've seen me before. Just let I... me up. I've I've 100% blocked all of these people out of my brain, except their faces. Uh, those faces are... Oh, I will forever. never forget that face for as long as I live, <laughs> no matter how long we're quarantined for. That I can promise you. True nightmare. Um, okay, so my question to you is just what inspired you to write a book about tanking? 
and this particular era in NBA history? Um, well, this kind of how you mentioned, you know, was traversing the NBA media scape for a little while back at, at your current shop, SI, for many years and um, was, was hanging around those shoot rounds and doing these weird kind of side door feature stories and just wanted to sink my teeth into something that had a little bit more weight to it. Like I didn't want to just continue to be the guy who got coffee with Mike D'Antoni and people laughed about some of the quotes like that stuff was fun and it helped me make a lot of connections around the league, but I wanted to really dive me at the surface and kind of flex some reporting muscle a little bit, if you will. Um, and also like do something I was proud of. And like, you know, Pete Thamel was a, a lead college football, college basketball writer. When I started off at sports illustrated and he, he always told me like, you gotta be working on something big. So for a while, those stories were, three month long projects that turned into like an oral history about Kendrick Perkins, which that was well before I thought he was going to become what he became on TV. Um, that's a whole other podcast. Yeah. It's a whole other podcast. Um, but from there, I mean, I grew up from Philly. I grew up in Philly. I was covering the Sixers for Liberty ballers when I got my start, right. When Sam Hankey got his start and in, in with the Sixers and I was in, mm-hmm. in Boston, your, your hometown, um, you know, at, at school covering games for Slam Magazine as like an intern contributing writer type guy at TD Garden and just felt like I was in the eye of the tanking hurricane. And it was a story from being from Philly and being on the ground in those years. I just couldn't escape and eventually wanted to, you know, it, it, it was something that happened all over the league, not just in Philadelphia and it has ripple effects still being felt today. So I kind of wanted to sit down and chronicle it all. Yeah. Tell the listeners who have not, um, read your book yet and everyone by the way should go ahead and buy it because like i said it's packed with really entertaining conversations and observations and anecdotes but tell the listeners a little bit about some of the other teams that you cover in here so i mean i spoke to over 300 people for the book so that kind of also gives some some weight to the the breadth of the porting you're talking about but i had to do that because i covered six teams pretty much you know quince or, or chronologically you know, their, their timelines overlapping and some other teams come into play. I mean, it's it's Hinky in Boston. You know, Danny Ainge and the Celtics traded KG and Paul Pierce to Brooklyn the same night, that 2013 draft that Hinky traded Drew Holiday to New Orleans. We've got Phoenix where they hire Ryan McDonough from Danny Ainge's front office a little mm-hmm. bit before Sam Hinky. Rob Hennigan is poached by the Magic a whole year earlier to, you know, steer the ship past the Dwight Howard, the Dwight Howard era. We've got Pete D'Alessandro coming into power in Sacramento. David Griffin, this analytics, you know, czar from the Suns' early years, comes into power in Cleveland before they get LeBron. Like, there was this rise of all these analytical nine executives coming into power when, coincidentally, the 2014 draft was considered to be the best class since 2003 with Joel Embiid and Andrew Wiggins and Jabari Parker. Like at the time, they were more hyped than this current class 2021 was. And this 2021 class is like supposed to be loaded with future Hall of Famers, right? Mm-hmm. So that hype, that, that 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 promise of getting a top five pick and getting a future Hall of Famer to really steer your franchise and, and be that bedrock and that all-star, you can draw another one. That also happened right at the tail end or, or right it was occurring right when Miami Heat and the big three were running the league and KD and Russ and Harden were, were in the finals with the Thunder. And this was on the doorstep of the Warriors. Like the super team era was starting. And I think these analytical minded executives all saw 
our best chip as an exec in a market that isn't LA or New York or Miami, the best way to do this and to, and to compete against those teams is to play the draft and play the lottery. Yeah. So, I mean, in, in reading the book, one of the more interesting things that I had that's kind of big picture and a little meta is like the amount of turnover in the NBA, like going back to 2014, some of the executives, the coaches, um, a lot of the players, especially when you're talking about the process, like the league just churns through people. And you it's like, that seemed like it was like 25 years ago, but it's like, yeah. that wasn't even, what's that? Like five, six years ago. It's, it's wild. Yeah. It's a whole epoch era of history, whatever you want to call it, that came and went pretty quickly. And every single person that we just mentioned, they're no longer running that team anymore. Even Danny no. Ainge, who <laughs> a friend of mine was reading the book over the weekend and sent me a screenshot in the conclusion there's something in there that says, you know, the Celtics ownership hired and empowered Danny Ainge in 2003, never meddled since. And it wasn't really a coincidence, let's say, that they were the one, they were the team to emerge at the time out of that tanking era, the most unscathed. And sure enough, here we are. Like the league is a turnstile. It's an ecosystem and a marketplace with all these different people who have their own agendas, players, agents, coaches, executives, ownership. They're all trying to do one thing move their agenda forward. And I think sometimes those conflict and sometimes those align. And I think that's why some teams are successful and some teams aren't. And, you know, the book really tries to try to peel back the curtain and show those back channel conversations, those back room dealings that, you know, not a lot of people get to you know learn about. And we don't, we don't really hear about in, you know, current day as it's happening, but when some time moves on, sometimes people, their loose, their, their lips get a little looser and you get to find out some intel and, and put it together in a book. You certainly benefited from the loose lips, I got to say. Um, I have a question for you that's that's kind of general, but how would you describe the influence of tanking in today's NBA? Like, obviously, there's the Oklahoma City Thunder doing what they're doing, Um but the league has really gone out of its way to discourage tanking as a team building strategy. There's been lottery reform, which you talk about in the book. And more recently, um, the play-in tournament, which is designed to motivate teams to win instead of lose. So in your view, is tanking still a viable strategy to build a championship contender? Good question. It's a question I've gotten a lot. And, you know, people also want to just throw me their ideas on how to quell tanking, not 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 realizing that, you know, as I wrote in the book in 2014, you know, the playing tournament was discussed back then. And the league, you know, owners and governors and the league office and GMs and coaches, they've all been talking about every single idea too. like don't like don't think everyone at home, you're just the ones you know, trying to concu- this is a very complicated issue and one that when you know, they exact the playing tournament or change a lot of reform rules. Like it's something that won't change again for a while. I don't think because there's all these ripple effects and secondary um, aspects of something when, when, when you move one domino, others are going to fall. Right. So I think we have seen some teams so far already, you know, the playing tournament has influenced them from, from not competing for you know ping pong balls. We saw the Kings and the Pelicans and the Wizards and, um, you know, Indiana, even though they had, kind of had a free fall and the Hornets mm-hmm. pushed to make, you know, that that plan tournament. I think the plan tournament is great. I also think it's like just complicated enough where it caused some some conversation too. like people were asking 
people, what, how does this work? What are the rules? It's a Google question. Some people go to Twitter for, I think that's like a good level of conversation for the league too. Um, but also like we saw OKC and Houston and Orlando tank more brazenly and audaciously than Sam Hinkie ever did. Like sending Shea Gildas Alexander home for half the year and Al Horford for half the year and just letting John Wall sit on the bench and hand the keys to Kevin Porter Jr. in Houston and Orlando just dealing Nick Vucevic and Evan Fournier and Aaron Gordon back to back to back and sitting Terrence mm-hmm. Ross. Like Detroit tanked pretty hard too. Like we saw – this this summer in 2021 like like we're gonna see that happen again i think every time a draft class is coming up that is supposed to be promised you know to be full of future hall of famers because that's what this league is all about now the nba from top to bottom is are you competing for a championship and if not what is your most direct route to doing so and the most direct route to doing so is getting some type of all-star and very few markets can only can sign them via free agency and few of them have the all-star already to trade for them. Like, and I'm sure we'll get to this, but if Damian Lillard were to ever request a trade, right? Like the teams that are going to be the ones that trade for him, are going to be the ones who probably either have one already or will be able to add another one with him moving forward. Like that, that's where this league is at right now. We're in such a big game hunting super team era. So to combat that, if you're OKC or Orlando or Houston or Milwaukee, like any, any small market team, anyone that's not New York, LA or Miami, pretty much. I mean, Chicago had a pretty stellar off season as well, but they're getting, you know, B list free agents, right? Not, not to knock Lonzo ball or DeMar DeRozan or Alex Caruso, but they're not, you know, Kyle Lowry. They're not Chris Paul. They're still, you know, the second tier type free agents. So teams are, and, and they're only coming there based off of, they already, they made a stealthy move for Zach Levine and got Nick Vucevic, right? Which is again, like even uh, a question of some, some people in the league are questioning the validity of that, like being a real all-star, you know, tandem. So that's why this is still happening. It might not be happening every single year where we've got five teams tanking anymore, but as long as your draft record is depend is, uh, you know, creates your draft positioning and there are all-stars available and you're a small market team, there's going to be interest in doing so. Yeah, and I mean, building on something you said earlier with regards to the play-in tournament, like, I think it was Masai Ujiri who said earlier this offseason that they were not playing for the play-in. That was (laughs) not what they wanted to do. That's not what they're about. And then they get the fourth pick in the draft and um, a very talented player by all accounts. Um, And then the other thing is just, like, uh, you talk about Dame Lillard and his relationship not his relationship, but the <laughs> rumored relationship that he has with the Philadelphia 76ers and the need for Philly to get as many draft picks as they can because one would assume that when slash if Portland needs to rebuild, they're going to want draft picks. That's just like what it, you need draft picks in this league. It's like the currency and always will be um, until the rules change. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, 
We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. I have a, a I want to get into the book, like a specific element here yeah. with you. Um, Please do. <laughs> and, and I'm going to potentially nerd out with some, a, a couple inside baseball questions. I'm ready. Uh, I guess inside basketball questions, probably the <laughs> better term there. So please, please indulge me, but... Um, what anecdote that you uncovered while working on this book made you the most excited during the reporting process? And mm. why is your answer to the question I just asked, uh, the toilet paper that Spencer Haas had in his <laughs> Philadelphia apartment? <laughs> so I'll start, I'll start with the second half of that question. Um, okay. You know, cause my first answer was not going to do that, but it is a great detail. You know, I, I grew up, <laughs> I grew up a Sixers fan for sure. I'm not anymore. I think, I think to do this job, like truly, uh, to it's like fullest capabilities unlike yourself. Uh, Thank I, you. <laughs> I, I think like you got to separate. I, I don't know how you do it. I physically don't know how you are capable of rooting for the Celtics. It just doesn't make any sense to me. I don't care at all how well Philly does. Like it doesn't matter to me in the slightest, except for how it relates to the stories I'm covering, but Mm -hmm. you do you. I'm not hating. I just, I don't get it. But, um, you know, (laughs) I was so close to those. I was so close to that team. Like literally my, I, I was very lucky. My dad, I had season tickets, like 12 rows up behind the team bench. I was like in the family section. So like that team, they were like, my my guys so getting to sit down with them like i knew every and i was covering it for liberty ballers like i knew everything that happens when when i sat down with evan turner or thad or spencer like the conversation just flowed and i had to ask about the toilet paper for sure especially in like the climate we were in like i think i talked to spencer hawes like during the 2020 election cycle about that so like how do i not (laughs) ask him but yeah they got really drunk one night in evan spencer's house during the trade deadline all-star weekend because they got rained out from going to meet girlfriends in Puerto Rico. And they're both on the trade block and knew they were going to get traded anyway. And sure enough did. So they just started depleting Hawes's alcohol stash and his house. And in the process, you know, had to use the restroom quite a few times, ran out of toilet paper. And the only toilet paper they had left was this gag gift that Spencer had gotten previously at like a holiday party toilet paper with Barack Obama's face on it, Evan Turner being the jokester that he is, which 
is also chronicled throughout the book. Like mm-hmm. he steals the microphone during a live uh, audio thing, a live press conference thing, opening day of the 2013-14 season, like starting this process tanking era. And he yells a big mf like live on air. Um, like this guy is just that type of dude, which I mean, his arc in the book too, going from that to like out of the league, like in a depression hole, like becoming a veteran leader in Boston the next season is like also mind boggling. But and Evan Turner is a great, a great, great guy. And like, I want nothing but the best for that man. Um, but the best story to me was Dell Demps telling me that um, in San Antonio, when they were both there at the Spurs with Brett Brown, um, Brett Brown saw him one day, like basically uh, drowning in the lap pool because they have a pool in their facility because Tim Duncan loves to swim, you know, being mm-hmm. an island guy. And um, Brett Brown started teaching Dell Demps how to swim every day in their like Spurs, Adidas, you know, dry fit gear that the teams get and like Popovich and Duncan and RC Buford will all come in and laugh at them while they're like doggy paddling because these two grown men like Brett Brown is helping him like float in the pool at this NBA practice facility. And I thought it was like such a perfect story to, you know, illustrate the like kindergarten teacher, true just coach that Brett Brown was that Hinky wanted to bring into his like, grassroots rebuild. I miss Brett Brown. I gotta yeah. be honest. Do you know where he is right now? Um, I don't want to say too much to blow up Brett Brown's spot, but I'll say he typically is in the Philadelphia area and goes back in the summers to hang out in Maine. Um, and he's just kind of like a basketball coach dad. Like his son is a is a nice little point guard, I think, and he's enjoying being that right now. I, I recall him talking about his son um, during a few uh, pregame, postgame press conferences. Yeah, Brett Brown's the best, and I really miss those press conferences. Yeah. I, I really do. I hope he comes back into the NBA at some point. That would be wonderful. I think he um, will. I think he will. Um, you know, maybe we'll get there later, but I don't think Sam Hinkie ever will. But I do think Brett Brown has a pat. He just loves the game so much. I could see him being uh, super happy being like a high school coach somewhere for the next 30 years. But I think he also, as much as he's like a really nice down to earth guy, seems like a ruthless competitor just like all these dudes are right and like once you've been once you've been at the highest level i mean he won championships plural with the spurs like mm-hmm. i think i think he'll have the itch at some point um you just mentioned sam hinky do you want to elaborate on that now i know that there's been a ton <laughs> of stuff written about him and he is uh, a very polarizing mercurial figure to people who do not know him but would you like to kind of just um, enlighten our listeners on what is going on with him as best you can. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think I've gotten to know Sam as well as anyone in the media possibly could w- without like breaking through that barrier. Cause the barrier is definitely always up. I think um, even though he is just, I, I think, you know, aside from uh, his reputation and, and some of the stories that I do have in the book of him kind of being cold and calculated as a GM and, and viewing players as assets and salary figures and that type of stuff. You know, I, I do mm-hmm. think he is a, a pretty good, charming guy on the whole family guy. I mean, it seems like he just really enjoys spending a lot of time with his wife and his kids. I think he's got four kids. He's kind of just posted up in the Bay area, um, teaching some classes at Stanford. He's working on this venture capital fund. I think he raised like $150 million in series a funding. And like, if you follow him on Twitter, 
he puts out a couple of retweets and things about little random weird techie companies. Like usually those are ones he's involved with. Um, and I know he's got like big time investors, like Daryl Morey gave money uh, to his fund and other people in the league too. Like he's got his fans still in the NBA, but I think um, he realized like a lot of people have realized, you know, the ideal GM job really doesn't exist. Like there's never truly that synergy and uh, openness with your owner that you really think you like everyone comes into a job and like hunky dory. We're going to, you know, kumbaya, mm-hmm. hold hands till we get a championship, right? That's like the big press conference theme. Everyone's so excited. We believe in this guy. And then two, three years down the road, the rug gets pulled out from them. And a lot of executives in that situation start, you know, firing the coach to save their butt and doing other things, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I think he realized like this, just the vision that he thought he, he was being able to exact and that with this one ownership group that like, truly saw what he was trying to do. And I also don't think, um, I don't think he was only just ever going to tank, right? Like, I don't think he would, if he got the Pelicans job when David Griffin got it a couple of years ago, I think he probably would have traded Anthony Davis too. But, you know, I don't know if he would have gone through this full brazen effort like Philly did because Philly just had zero assets to play with. They were, they had a negative, you know, draft cupboard when he got in there and he had to do a lot of aggressive things to, to recoup those, those values. Um, you know, I think that's just the strategy that he thought was best for that particular situation. And when ownership, you know, was on board, it was great. But the second they weren't, I think he realized he'd kind of rather run his own shop and do his own thing. Um, and like, it definitely talks about basketball and Philly, like in the past tense, not something that is like an ongoing chapter, I would say, in his life and career. Yeah, absolutely. So what is... You, you mentioned that you interviewed over 300 people for the book. Who is someone who you didn't get to interview who hmm. you wish you did? Um, I would have loved to talk to Adam Silver. I'll just, I, I know you've got, a, you've got a great relationship with him now. You're close personal friends with Adam Silver. So <laughs> yeah, best buds. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shout him out. I would have loved to have talked to him. I mean, I think there's a pretty fascinating through line where the Rockets tanked very openly in 1984 for Hakeem Olajuwon because back then there was no lottery. It was a coin flip between the East at the worst team in the East and the worst team in the West. Mm-hmm. And Olajuwon was nearby at Houston college or university and uh, was number one pick for the Rockets after they lost 16 of 21 games. And that's when David Stern comes in his very first year and institutes the lottery, which is the frozen envelope uh, with Patrick Ewing in 1985 flash forward 30 years later. And Adam Silver comes in and takes over uh, the league as Sam Hinkie, you know, comes to power and ultimately forces, not really forces, but Silver felt was got his hand forced to to exact lottery reform in 2019, right? Like that three line to me is so incredible, and I would have loved to talk to Adam about it. Being that, like, I'm like the league clearly doesn't enjoy tank. They don't want it on Sports Center headlines. They don't want us talking nope. about it. Like, I mean, it's not a conversation you hear being discussed on NBA TV. But like for me, for my chair, I feel like as I've also, you know, gotten into the news breaking game a little bit and like I'm calling more power players on a weekly basis and just saying like, hey, I know this is happening. Like I'm writing about it. Let's have a conversation. I'm just trying to do right by you and let me include your perspective here. Um, you know, sometimes they say no, sometimes they say yes. And I end up having like these pretty interesting conversations about the NBA as this marketplace and this business where there's only 30 teams and there's a finite salary cap and blah, blah, blah. Like I would love to sit down with the man who runs it all 
and just pick his brain about how it's pretty clear in this dogged competitive industry that like one of the clearest ways to be good is to be bad on purpose. Like look at the Atlanta Hawks, like they didn't make the finals, but they tanked. They got Trey young and Deandre Hunter and uh, Kevin Herter in the first round, John, John Collins in the first round. Not, not all those guys are top 10, top whatever picks, but they tanked for Trey young Dallas tanked for Luca. Um, the Sixers, you know, they flamed out, but like they've, they've been, I think they've been a success, right? Like they've been in the second round conversation, like a contender conversation for a while here. The Bucks, you know, they're built through the draft and homegrown guys too. Phoenix got Devin Booker in the draft and DeAndre and one, like the path is obviously there. And it's something the league doesn't really want to be advertised and being, you know, highlighted, but it's something that's never going away. And that's something I would love to just have that open, candid dialogue with him. I think you matter-of-factly referring to Patrick Ewing's draft as the frozen envelope draft probably won't get (laughs) you in the door with Adam Silver. But no, that would have been... I mean, his voice is obviously... uh, It's it's valuable for clear reasons. And um, so that makes a ton of sense. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. What is your next book going to be? <laughs> that's honestly the hardest question you possibly could have asked. Um, I mean, I'm working <laughs> on it right now, that's for sure. Um, I'm hoping Spill the to, beans, Jake. Come on. What's I'm, about? Ho- I'm hoping to be able to say, like, very soon, like, mm-hmm. to, like before opening night of next year. Um, I mean, I... I, I like I'll, I'll say that I want to do something that touches more on society and culture at large through the lens of basketball. This has like been a fun industry, nerdy inside basketball to use your phrase 
story mm-hmm. and like been great to talk about um but i want to sink my teeth into something with more weight that like can do a bit more good not to like be so uh chauvinistic but i think that's like what the next step is i look forward to hearing more about it and you can tell <laughs> me once we uh stop pressing when i when i hit stop on my record here you can for Let sure. me know exactly what it is. Um, <laughs> can we t- can we talk a little bit about the off season, or did you do yeah. anything else to say about your book that I, I wasn't able to um, let you say through um, my questioning? The last thing I'll say is that you know, as we're about to get into the the newsy rumors aspect of this, like there's that in this book. There's the human interest stuff, like we talked about with Spencer Hawes's toilet paper and Brett Brown in the pool, <laughs> and like transactional stuff and 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 real conversations that happen behind the scenes trade calls like there's so much in this book on every page like my favorite thing i've read a couple of the reviews on like goodreads and amazon you know just to see what the people are saying and mm-hmm. the, the people who are like i didn't learn anything new in this book it's like come on there's something new literally on every single page that you're not going to find on anywhere else um because and i know the book costs some money to buy so i wanted to make it worth it and if you are interested in buying it available anywhere books are sold and the more numbers that we have the better chances of getting you know the next one working so um that's my that's my my plea and my pitch if you will my advice to you is to not read the reviews that's probably (laughs) especially when they're not written by people whose opinions particularly matter but uh yeah no i can vouch and say that as someone who lives the NBA and was very, I mean, arguably more into the NBA, um, <laughs> uh, just up to the NBA in my eyeballs during this particular era and following it extremely closely, uh, there is something I learned on literally every single page. So that is that is um, a fact. And Thank you, you will learn I appreciate things that. if you purchase it and read it. Um, okay, so moving on to this offseason, which uh, I mentioned earlier, you've been one of the leaders in, um, I guess, furthering along the conversation through rumors and um, specs of news um, throughout the past few months. But as it relates to free agency, as it relates to the draft, the trade market, just this general crazy time on the NBA calendar... What bit of news caught you most off guard this summer? Uh, well, first of all, appreciate the kind feedback. Um, you know, I think the the NBA is just in a place right now where, you know, we can call it the Chris Paul Drew Holiday effect that like so many teams are trying to compete and they think they're one move away from their goal, whether it be to get to the championship or at least be in that conversation whether it be to make the playoffs, whether it be to make the play-in tournament. Like, we have so many teams that think they're one move away from reaching that next step. And I think that set the tone for all these moves to fly around. Um, You know, in terms of, like, surprise, like, I don't want to pop out my chest too much and say that, like, nothing took me by surprise because, I mean, unfortunately, (laughs) again, for the league, like, a lot of this stuff – has been in the works and in the ether for a long time. Like it doesn't happen on July 1st or whatever the date is right at 6 PM. Obviously these full deals are coming mm-hmm. out fully fleshed. I mean, I had information pretty close the Saturday before that Monday or Tuesday, whatever it was. Right. Like there wasn't, people were giving me props for like getting it right. 
I wasn't quote unquote getting it right. I just like, it was already kind of done. So I think, you know, in that regard, like I, I was surprised that new Orleans, like really went the direction they did after the dominoes started falling. Right. And I did think I was surprised that Dennis Schroeder didn't have more of a market. Like I knew at a certain point, it seemed pretty clear. He wasn't getting the 20 million he thought he was going to get, but at a certain point, like, you step back right now, Boston got a really good player at only $5.9 million at a position that they sorely needed to fill. Like It was that's nice. A, I that's liked a steal. it. And I, I think like a lot of teams probably could have benefited from that Dennis Schroeder type situation. So like, again, those like the ripple effects were the ones that were a bit surprising. Like Cleveland coming, like I knew Cleveland was in the mixed fly marker, and let's say right, but like them actually pushing their chips in the table and going and adding him, like when they already have this Evan Nobley Jared Allen uh, like combination, they're going to try, like mm-hmm. not not like the weird, not like the most natural fit, right? When they've got some type of postseason, you know, a little bit of pressure. Not saying that the Cavs have to make the playoffs or everyone's fired, but like there's definitely an expectation for them to take a step forward this year. Right. So that's, a, that's an interesting wrinkle to play. PJ Tucker going to Miami. Like I thought Milwaukee was going to, you know, I'd heard they were just kind of haggling over the guaranteed money with the bucks. And it seems like the heat just gave them more and he took it um, like stuff like that. Those little like pivot points that you're thinking, Oh, this is how the off season could have broken differently. Like the bulls ended up being in a one man race pretty much for DeMar DeRozan, but like the Pistons never really, you know, threw in, they were kind of waiting for the Norm Powell situation to unfold. It sounded like, and they had this 20.2 million in space. Like what if they made a run for DeMar, like stuff like that, that you had heard coming in the pipeline that, that didn't come to fruition or like a, a B option becoming someone's a option was a bit definitely surprising. Dwayne Casey reuniting with DeMar DeRozan. That is not something that I considered because that makes absolutely no sense. And no I'm sense glad at all. that, I'm glad that Tamar went to the Bulls, and I think that that is a much better fit for him. So we are recording this in um, early September. So if something changes by the time um, we post it, apologies to our listeners. But I know that you, as you said earlier, you're a gigantic Sixers fan to this day. Um, where, where, Where is Ben Simmons going to be on opening night? What is your prediction there? So, you know, this news has come out that he told ownership he doesn't intend to go to training camp. And now we've got, you know, reports coming out from Golden State and Sacramento that, like, the conversations haven't even gotten close. You know, nothing really has changed for weeks. This has been where we've been at for a while. And there hasn't been much Ben Simmons buzz, honestly, since the draft. Like, the draft was really the big opportunity for Philly to, to, I mean, for a lot of people, for the whole Bradley Beal conversation, right? I mean, Toronto had the number four pick. They were at this precipice of like, we could use this pick to just pick a guy like Scotty Barnes like they did. They could have used it to upgrade and really push push back towards contention. They could have used it to take a huge step back, knowing Kyle Lowry had one foot out the door. Um, Like, that's when the conversation's really happening. I think in free agency, once it became pretty clear that the Kyle Lowry sign and trade was no longer an opportunity for Philly, um, you know, it's been pretty quiet. There's been rumors about this like Warriors Blazers three team deal that just got shot down immediately from Portland and Golden State people I talked to. I mean, Sacramento is not and has not entertained any conversation with De'Aaron Fox 
or Tyrese Halliburton. I don't really know why Philly would entertain something with that package really either if it's like Tyrese Halliburton because as much, as great as Tyrese is, and I, I was telling Warriors people they should have taken him too back in the 2020 draft instead, instead of Wiseman. Um um, I mean, I don't know what an injured Tyrese Halliburton does for Philly, right? And Minnesota's got you know significant interest in Ben Simmons, but does this D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, um, McDaniel's package like really move the needle for Philly? Like, not really. They're they're moving Ben for a couple of reasons, or they're trying to move Ben for a couple of reasons. And the biggest, the only ones that really matter are that clearly time and again, he's proven to not be the supplementary piece to Joel Embiid in the postseason. And secondly, they're trying to maximize Joel Embiid right now because he is starting to get older. And I, I hate to admit that being that we are the same age. Um, and he is also... Wait, jo- jo- Joel Embiid's 17 years old? <laughs> Joel Embiid is 27. Um <laughs> And Mike always makes fun of me for being younger than him. Um, so That's I all think I, have. I, I mean, I got I got nice hair. I got <laughs> I got I got ears. I don't know, I don't know I don't know what else you got. But Let the you know, sing. Back back to the to the, the point of, of relevance here. Like they're only doing this to move their needle closer to a title. So just switching it up isn't really it for them. Like they're not just. I'm trying to think of a good like one for one trade example. Like it's not Portland swapping Gary Trent or Norm Powell and seeing if it can like move them even like a bit further in the West. Mm-hmm. Like Philly's trying to get the piece that's like the Drew Holiday, Chris Paul conversation, right? They're trying to make a deal that's going to make them go from contender to like in the finals. So when you think about it in that context, like that offer has not been there. And the other context is they want to they want to pair Joel Embiid with Damian Lillard. And there is so much belief in the league right now that even though Damian Lillard has not requested a trade and does not seem likely to before training camp, maybe he will. Maybe he'll pull a James Harden, not in the club aspect, but maybe mm-hmm. five to eight games in, he'll say, you know what? I love Portland. This has been my home, but I just want to go compete for a championship somewhere else. In that case, Philly would be kicking themselves. Daryl Morey is the executive who has pinpointed this era of, we're just going to put stars together and figure it out later, right? He's not going to trade Ben Simmons for a package that he doesn't think or doesn't know Portland will accept back for Damian Lillard and will probably be the best package for Damian Lillard because as much as this Ben Simmons trade value thing is convoluted right now, he's the best player who would be available right away. Snap your fingers if Dame requested a trade. He just would be. That's the best package that the Blazers would have from the get-go. And with this team being rumored to be kind of up for sale or a want to have them be up for sale, the Blazers aren't going to benefit from being in the news every day as Damian Lillard wants out of Portland. Like that's going to be a quick situation, just like the Harden one did kind of, you know, materialize pretty quickly too. So that's where things stand. And with all that being considered back to the original question, I think Daryl, like I, I was looking at the story I wrote a couple of weeks back just because I wanted to see how it stacked up to like all the news that's come out today or this week. And like, someone said to me back in Vegas, like Daryl Moore is not afraid of going into training camp with a combustible situation. Like they can come out publicly and say they're not going to, or, or, or the, the news can come publicly, if you will, 
that mm-hmm. they're not going to report the training camp and whatnot. But I still think until the Sixers get an offer that they think either A, moves them closer to the championship, or B, and B, is gives them or leaves them still with a package to go get Dame. They're not going to move. The, they're not going to move Ben, even if Ben doesn't report. And I, th- I think at this point he'll be with the with the Sixers in training camp, but in in uh, in terms of roster space, not necessarily in in mind and body. Very interesting. Uh, obviously, the Ben Simmons situation is very unique. He has four more years left on his contract. He's super young. So comparing it to Anthony Davis, comparing it to James Harden, I mean, those two guys are also super duper stars. Ben Simmons Mm -hmm. is not a super duper star. Um, So the packages are going to be different. And like you said, Philly is trying to win a championship right now. And if you are moving Ben Simmons, who's your second best player, you need to get a supreme talent back. The type of team that is wanting Ben Simmons probably doesn't have that player on their roster. So it's just like very, uh, very complicated for Daryl Morey and the Sixers to kind of figure out. But I also think that if you do keep Simmons and kind of call his bluff and let him not report to training camp and carry it into the season, like that's just a really bad, it's a bad look optically. And, you as the Philadelphia 76ers, a championship contender, I would imagine you do not want to be uh, answering questions about it day in and day out. And I would imagine Joel Embiid in particular does not want to answer questions about it day in and day out. So that could be – that's pretty prickly, I think. Yeah, there, there is there is a way to go about this where they field the necessary questions and then eventually Team PR just issues, you know – uh, a friendly, a friendly word of advice to media on the ground, saying, "Hey, we're no longer going to be accepting questions about Ben Simmons." And there's a there's a world there is a, there is a very plausible scenario where, you know, come end of October, Halloween, Philly's like seven and four with Tyrese Maxey as the starting point guard, and Ben Simmons hasn't been there, and like they are fine and just kind of he's waiting in the wings and these twitter videos keep coming out because it's the regular season and they have Joel Embiid who was the second runner-up for MVP mind you I don't Mm -hmm. think people really recognize just how I mean his rookie year that team was pretty bad I think it was 16 17 17 18 whatever it was um, that team was pretty bad, but like very good defensively with him. And as great as Ben was, like I think they'll be okay in the regular season playing against teams with lesser talent. Um, so I think there's a world where this isn't really as big of a fireworks type situation that maybe some people involved in the dynamic would like it to be. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. 
Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Okay, so enough Sixers propaganda. Okay, this is my <laughs> podcast, and we're not going to do that here. But You asked about Ben, not me. What if, okay, but I have a question for you. What if all of that, the scenario that you just outlined happens, but over in Portland, <laughs> they are 9-2, and two, and I think they have one of the hardest schedules to start the season, right? Interesting. I, I did not know that. And that is an interesting so what wrinkle. It, if they come out of the gate and they're looking real good, and you know, I really I like that Larry Nance um, junior trade too. for them, and that's adding salary to a team that already has a lot of oh, salary. Yeah. So um, it would seem to me that they are motivated just reading the tea leaves um, that they are not super interested in taking a major step back as an organization. And so I get why Philly is obsessed with. Damian Lillard and, and matching him with um, Embiid, I just don't know how uh, realistic it is. But we'll see. It's fun. It's, it's no. like this, the story of the league right now. I agree with you. I think there, I mean, there's no, there's very little expectation that Damian Lillard is going to request a trade anytime soon. And the, the Larry Nance situation helps for sure. And I think he's someone who might end up being a bigger addition than people actually realize. Like when that, when that deal went down, a lot of people in the league I talked to kind of, you know, arced an eyebrow and were like, oh, Portland's mm-hmm. offseason looks a little bit better right now. Like Larry Nance could end up being their starting power forward. He could be small ball fives in second units. Like he's he's a very, very, very malleable defensive piece that they certainly need. Um, and if his shot is there, he can be a little pick and pop guy, give Dame some room to operate. Like Nance is a Nance is a player. So yeah, I think at this point you're right. It's 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 certainly, you know, I, I wouldn't say Dame's got one foot out the door, but you know, people on the league are they're they're definitely preparing for it because he's been considered to be the most loyal superstar, pretty much mm-hmm. ever. Like that's just that's just the brand and reputation, right? And this is the first time he's actually done something about it. And he went on record and tried to pick his coach, and he said during Las Vegas uh, media availability before the Tokyo Olympics, like this roster's not good enough. Like these are actual moves that someone does when they're trying to show their their leverage and show that they're that they're being serious that they're not just you know bluffing. He's frustrated yeah yeah so very frustrated it, yeah so there's there's reason to believe that it could still happen but you're right it, it's certainly trending towards dame sticking around in portland for the foreseeable future on a scale of one to ten if the brooklyn nets i'm switching gears here yeah if the brooklyn nets do not win the nba championship 
this season, how surprised would you be? Well, one thing I've learned covering the league, especially with my book, is that there's so much luck and unforeseen variables involved in winning a championship. Um, And um, from there, like the Nets, for example, everyone is jokingly saying right now that like they were a Kevin Durant heel toe, whatever it was away from the Bucks not even making it out of the second round, right? Like that's how this game works. When you talk about did a rebuild or did a, did a team building strategy, was it successful? You know, I think that's very, uh, it's, it's very just like, it's too binary to think like, the, like it's either a success or a failure, depending on if you win a championship. That being said, I think the Nets are the overwhelming favorites. You talk to anybody in the NBA from the video room up to the ownership groups, like people are afraid of the Nets. The Millsap thing, I mean, if they get Aldridge back to, they're just a juggernaut. They're, they're, the, they're the monsters for sure. And, um, you know, I would be, if, if they don't win it, it would be because, I mean, a lot of a lot of those things, unlucky events, unforeseen variables would align, um, or or they or another team makes another move to to up upgrade even closer. But the Nets just have the most talent in the league right now, and and that's that's where the NBA is. The team that has the best talent at, and plays the most synchronous at the right time, they're the ones who are lifting up at, at the end of the day. I would be stunned, and I, I understand how hard it is to win the title, of course, but this team had the best offense in NBA history last year. They have the best player in the NBA by a considerable margin, in my opinion. Uh, James Harden is an MVP candidate, and he was not the player I was just referencing. So they're they're absolutely ridiculous. Um, they are. And they might go down as one of the best teams in NBA history. That's what their ceiling is. They, um, they make not to interrupt. They make the 14, 15, 16, 15, 16 Warriors look like the Cavs that they were playing against. If that makes sense, for sure. No, I, yeah, no, that does. And those Cavs and, teams were really, really good, is what I'm saying. And the Warriors swept them. Like that's where we're at. Right. I think that the 17 Warriors, and it's hard to compare these two teams because KD was on them as well. But uh, when the 17 Warriors were created, it was just like, they're going to win the title and they waltzed to the title. That's how I feel about these Brooklyn Nets, basically. Um, Okay, so that does it for today's (laughs) show. Everyone, everyone go buy Jake's book, Built to Lose. Uh, I actually have it right here. I'm going to hold it up in front of the camera real quick. There you go. Wonderful. Um, Built to lose how the NBA's tanking era changed the league forever. Yes, it's gorgeous. Jake's name is on the cover. It's Thank wonderful. You, um, it's packed with information, lively quotes from countless NBA players, coaches, executives, agents, etc. It made me smarter. Uh, Jake, thank you for writing it. Thank you for oh, coming man. on the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you for giving the platform to uh, talk about it. And uh, look forward to seeing you in person sometime soon. And you've been doing great work yourself, man. Keep uh, keep getting your fun Q&As and all the stuff you're, you're pumping out at the old mothership. Thank you, sir. And thank you to the Open Floor Globe for tuning in. Everyone, please stay safe. Everyone, please enjoy your weekend. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment... Oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. 
Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.